Let us hear the record of God's saving deeds in history, how God saved God's people in ages past. And let us pray that our God will bring each of us to the fullness of redemption. A reading from the book of Genesis. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of the water. God then said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness 
Thus the heavens and earth were finished, and all their multitude. And on the seventh day God finished the work he had done, and rested on the seventh day from all the work he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and hallowed it, because on it God rested from all the work he had done in creation. These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created. The word of the Lord.
and seven pairs of the birds of the air also, male and female, to keep their kind alive on the face of all the earth. For in seven days I will send rain on the earth for forty days and forty nights, and every living thing that I have made I will blot out from the face of the ground. And Noah did all that the Lord had commanded him. In the six hundredth year of Noah's life, in the second month, on the seventeenth day of the month, on that day all the fountains of the great deep burst forth, and the windows of the heavens were opened. The rain fell on the earth forty days and forty nights. On the very same day, Noah with his sons Shem and Ham and Japheth and Noah's wife and the three wives of his sons entered the ark. They and every wild animal of every kind and all domestic animals of every kind and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth and every bird of every kind, every bird, every winged creature. They went into the ark of Noah, to the tomb of all flesh, in which there was the breath of life. And those that entered, male and female of all flesh, went in as God had commanded him, and the Lord shut them in. The flood continued forty days on the earth, and the waters increased, and bore up the ark, and it rose high above the earth. The waters swelled and increased greatly on the earth, and the ark floated on the face of the waters. At the end of forty days, Noah opened the window of the ark that he had made and sent out the raven, and it went to and fro until the waters were dried up from the earth. Then he sent out the doves from him to see if the waters had from the face of the ground. But the dove found no place to set its foot, and it returned to him to the ark, for the waters were still on the face of the whole earth. So he put out his hand and took it and brought it into the ark with him. He waited another seven days, and again he set out the dove. Dove came back to him in the evening, and there at his feet was a freshly plucked olive leaf. So no one knew that the waters had subsided from the earth. Then he waited another seven days and sent out the dove, and it did not return to him anymore. In the six hundred first year, in the first first day of the month, the waters were dried up from the earth, and Noah removed the covering of the ark, and looked, and saw that the face of the ground was dry. In the second month, on the twenty-seventh day of the month, the earth was dry. Then God said to Noah, Go out of the ark, you and your wife, and your sons, and your sons' wives with you. 
reading from the book of Exodus. As Pharaoh drew near, the Israelites looked back, and there were the Egyptians advancing on them. In great fear, the Israelites cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us, bringing us out of Egypt? Is this not the very thing we told you in Egypt? Let us alone and let us serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. But Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. Stand firm and see the deliverance that the Lord will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see it again. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to keep still. Then the Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry out to me? Tell the Israelites to go forward. But you lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it that the Israelites may go into the sea on dry ground. Then I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them. And so I will gain glory for myself over Pharaoh and all his sons, his chariots and his chariot drivers. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gained glory for myself over Pharaoh, his chariots and his chariot drivers. The angel of God, who was going before the Israelite army, moved and went behind him, and the pillar of cloud moved from in front of him and took its place behind him. It came between the army of Egypt and the army of Israel, and so the cloud was there with the darkness, and it lit up the night. One did not come near the other all night. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. The Lord drove the sea back by a strong east wind all night and turned the sea into dry land, and the waters were divided. The Israelites went into the sea on dry ground, the waters forming a wall for them on their right and on their left. The Egyptians pursued and went into the sea after them. All of Pharaoh's horses, chariots, and chariot drivers. At the morning watch, the Lord of the pillar of fire and cloud looked down upon the Egyptian army and threw the Egyptian army into panic. He clogged their chariot wheels so that they turned with difficulty. The Egyptians said, Let us flee from the Israelites, for the Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the sea, so that the water may come back upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots and chariot drivers. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and at dawn the sea returned to its normal depth. As the Egyptians fled before it, the Lord tossed the Egyptians into the sea. The waters returned and covered the chariots and the chariot drivers. The entire army of Pharaoh that had followed them into the sea, not one of them remained. But the Israelites walked on dry ground through the sea, the waters forming a wall for them on their right and on their left. 
righteousness and out of death into life. Grant to those who are sealed by your Holy Spirit the will and the power to proclaim you to all the world through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Through the Paschal Mystery, dear friends, we are buried with Christ by baptism into his death and raised with him to newness of life. I call upon you, therefore, now that our Lenten observance is ended, to renew the solemn promises and vows of holy baptism by which we once renounced Satan and all his works and promised to serve God faithfully in his holy Catholic.
Mary, the mother of James, and, and Salome brought spices, so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. They had been saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? When they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled back. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man, dressed in a white robe, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has been raised. He is not here. Look, there is the place they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. So they went out and fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them, and they said nothing to anyone. For they were afraid. And all that had been commanded them, they told briefly to those around Peter. And afterward, Jesus himself sent out through Gordon from east to west the sacred and imperishable proclamation of eternal salvation. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of our risen Lord, Amen. It is Easter at last. Alleluia. And I will speak tonight of the resurrection. But first, a word about the stories that we just heard by candlelight in the darkness before the dawn. God created the world, the atmosphere and oceans, the sun and the darkness, the land and the sea and life. God created the atoms and molecules that would one day be you and me, and God said it was good. Very good. We can remember this when we forget. When we forget how very good we are, how at the core of each of us is the very image. Humans, being humans, got put off course, got fearful, forgot that God was at their core and at the core of the next person and next. They hurt one another time and again. Then there was a flood. Our stories said God made it happen. The loss was catastrophic. It was followed by a rainbow of a promise. Never again. Never again. God would not be the cause of our suffering ever again, God promised. We can remember this when we forget. When we think our suffering is caused by God, we can remember the post-flood rainbow and remember that God is crying with us now, not drowning with us. Flood dried up and continued humans enslaved humans, the deepest of all sin, to put chains of oppression around the ankle of another, the humans did it anyway. Still do. And in Egypt, God liberated the enslaved. An awful and messy liberation that confuses our ideas of God. It left the oppressors dead. 
yet liberation happened. We can remember this when we don't know how we will be liberated now from modern slavery, from violence and division, from depression and illness, from ignorance, family strife, and personal despair. The road ahead will not be linear. It may be boggly and unpredictable, but liberation is possible. In the deepest of despair, the people waged war. Valleys full of casualties turned to dry bones. Broke the heart of humanity. Broke the heart of God. A prophet saw a vision. A vision of the valley of bones scattered, dried up. Then they began to shake and clatter and move and come together and grow muscles and tendons and flesh. The prophet saw the spirit of God breathe life into these no longer dry bones. The prophet saw that even after the darkest of hours, spirit wins, life wins, resurrection happens. We remember this when the ways of the world erase our memory of what God can do with the valleys in our lives, the dry bones in our lives. We heard tonight that throughout time, God created us, guided us, made promises to us, liberated us, breathed new life into us, and then finally, perhaps as a last-ditch effort to break through to us, God became us. As Jesus, God incarnate fought for us, fought to get our hearts back, fought to help us to see our essence as people of God's very image, fought to get us to see God in one another, fought to break down the barriers we have put up in our fear of one another, fought to break us out of scarcity into abundance, fought to the end. And our fears crucified him. But because love is stronger than fear, the bonds of death could not hold him, and he burst forth from the tomb, giving new life to all of us. New life in our birth, new life in our baptism, new life when we choose to follow his footsteps and see God at the core of each of us and all of us. New life when we know God to accompany us in our suffering. New life when we light one another's candles in the dark. New life when we share the stories of humanity and of God. New life when we recommit ourselves to a God of love by renewing our baptismal covenant and touching our baptismal water. New life when the lights come on and the bells ring out and we shout. Alleluia, he is risen. Friends, we are reminded throughout Lent of all that can and has and will go wrong, terribly wrong. We know grief. We know how bad things can get. But here's what else we know. We know that the women could not find Jesus' body the morning of the third day after he died, that the stone was rolled away, and a young man, perhaps an angel, told them that Jesus was not there, he has been raised. And in that tremendous moment 
reality sank in for the women, I can only imagine how they trembled. Not with the fear of darkness, but with the fear of how big love might actually be. The fear of having to push our understanding of God beyond the limitations of our human mind in order to grasp how much God loves us. I too tremble when I let it sink in, when I hear that love is big enough to move boulders, send angels, wake the dead, and invite us into our best possible selves as very reflections of God. I tremble knowing that God made us and called us not just good, but very I tremble knowing God made a promise to not inflict harm upon us, even when we get violently off track enough to make God weep. I tremble when I think how deeply we can hurt each other and how fiercely God comes to liberate us from that hurt. I tremble when I think of the dry bones in my life and in our world, and when I hear them clattering and banging and making the noise they make as they come together to form something new, something with breath. I tremble at the reality of Jesus, of resurrection, of a tomb empty, of death, full of love. Perhaps we tremble too. We tremble as the women at the empty tomb tremble. But like them, we can lean through the trembling and into the rejoicing. Alleluia, he is risen. Alleluia, he is risen. Alleluia, he is risen.
do it again? Okay, fine. If you're visiting with us, we're especially glad you're here. Um, at this table, about this table, there are no outcasts, strangers, or unwanted guests. All are welcome to come to feast at the table of our Lord Jesus Christ, so please do come to be fed. Let's walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself as an offering and sacrifice to God. <coughs>
You formed us in your own image, giving the whole world into our care, so that in obedience to you, our Creator, we might rule and serve all your creatures. When our disobedience took us far from you, you did not abandon us to the power of death. In your mercy, you came to our help, so that in seeking you, we might find you. Again and again, you called us into covenant with you, and through the prophets, you taught us to hope for salvation. Father, you loved the world so much that in the fullness of time, you sent your only Son to be our Savior. Incarnate by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, he lived as one of us, yet without sin. To the poor, he proclaimed the good news of salvation. To prisoners, freedom to the sorrowful joy. To fulfill your purpose, he gave himself up to death, and rising from the grave, destroyed death and made the whole creation new. And that we might live no longer for ourselves, but for him who died and rose for us, he sent the Holy Spirit, his own first gift for those who believe, to complete his work in the world and to bring to fulfillment the sanctification of all. When the hour had come for him to be glorified by you, his heavenly Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. At supper with them, he took bread, and when he had given thanks to him, he broke it, and gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he took a cup of wine, when he gave thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Father, we now celebrate this memorial of our redemption, recalling Christ's death and his descent among the dead, proclaiming his resurrection and ascension to your right hand awaiting his coming in glory, and offering to you from the gifts you have given us this bread and this cup. We praise you and we bless you. We praise you, we bless you, we give thanks to you, and we praise you, Lord our God. Lord, we pray that in your goodness and mercy your Holy Spirit may descend upon us and upon these gifts, sanctifying them and showing them to be the holy gifts for your holy people bread of life and the cup of salvation, the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Grant that all who share this bread and cup may become one body and one spirit, a living sacrifice in Christ to the praise of your name. Remember, O Lord, your one holy Catholic and apostolic church, redeemed by the blood of your Christ. Reveal its unity, guard its faith, and preserve it in peace. Remember all who minister in your church. Remember all your people and those who seek your truth. Remember all who have died in the peace of Christ and those whose faith is known to you alone. Bring them into the place of eternal joy and light. And grant that we may find our inheritance with patriarchs, prophets, apostles, and martyrs, and all the saints who have found favor with you in ages past. We praise you in union with them and give you glory through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. 
dead, our Lord Jesus Christ, the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant. Make you perfect in every good work to do God's will, working in you that which is well pleasing in God's sight. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be upon you this night and always.